seen a lot of uh, Scottish football on television uh, back in Holland. And uh, of course, uh, you see a fantastic uh, arena here. So, I mean, it was, it was uh, interesting to come to uh, Scotland and uh, play for Celtic. Hello and welcome to the Bournemouth Celtic podcast. My name is Lawrence Stonigan and I'm joined today, as I'm joined every day, I can't, can't believe I'm saying that, but that's two days in a row, uh, by my good pal and co-host, apostrophe, uh, Remy McSwain, Paul T, Paul Thompson, and our guest, Mr Harry Brady. How you doing, Harry? <coughs> I'm fine, thanks. <laughs> Sorry, I right. thought you would. Uh, I thought you would pull them up in the horrific use of the uh, apostrophe there, Harry. There's no apostrophe in a plural. <laughs> I never, I never said apostrophe. I, actually, I saw a statement from somewhere this morning, and it was a terrible use of apostrophe. I can't remember where the statement was. Actually, it was the announcement of the new Rangers PR man. Did you see this rim? You've seen this fella? Uh, y- yes, uh, and you probably maybe shouldn't ask me about him because you'll uh, burst the swear filter and you'll have to X-rate the podcast. Um, it is, uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, what's his name? I can't remember the boy's name. I'm sure if you're going to look it up, it doesn't matter. But it turns William out, Stump. as it William, William Boyle. William Boyle Mason, something like that. <laughs> no, it's, his full name is William Mason Boyle the Fourth. Uh, he is a, he's a DUP councillor, and and I'm not making this up. He's a grand, what is it? The Grand Mary? No, what is it? How did he act? The Grand Master, something something of some lodge in Belfast. Now I'm no P, well I'm no PR expert, but I've been around in um, in journalism for many many years. Uh, I, I just can't believe that they've done this because any time that this guy inserts himself into any uh, story, I mean, he comes with a, an incredible lack of, not incredible is the wrong word, but a, a lack of credibility. He is the story himself. I, 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 can't, I can't believe it. The, the only good thing out of it, Harry, probably is that it's the, it's the end for, for Jim for Jim Trainer, I guess. Yeah, but uh, for them, surely it's out of the frying pan and in the fire. I, 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 to go from trainer to, to this guy, it's just bonkers. Um, it is. It's, it's insane. I don't know, Paul. It just, it just, it's sorry, it really reaffirms my, my thoughts that Fergus arrived, looked at our, us, and thought the only way to move Celtic on to another level is to transform our corporate image. Because uh, we're going to need bigger, better quality investors and sponsors. And so he brought in the Boys Against Bigotry campaign and moved in that um, that way of trying to, to move away from the, some of the stuff that connects with some of the, with the, ourselves and, and Rangers in the past. Um, they've gone the other way. It, it, my whole thoughts on the way that they've decided to get their cash in the door is that they've gone down They've gone to the knuckle-draggers. They've gone to the worst element of their support. And as long as they keep them happy, they've got a baseline of income that they can milk. But but again, as you, you said it rightly, a uh, baseline of income. I mean, you know, don't you want to be outward-facing and, and maybe look towards growth rather than... I mean, it's a, I mean, 
it's almost like the, the that kind of Trump political uh, strategy is you you, you uh, consolidate the base and you you hope to prevail with a you know a minority base. I I, I don't I really don't understand. Paul, you you've worked in the corporate world for you. I mean, you get any thoughts on it? Yeah, I think you just touched on it there. It's uh, you know, and from a, I guess a sales and marketing perspective, if you've got an organisation that's very very unlikely to to be able to broaden its appeal, uh, if you go back 20, 30 years ago, that's what Rangers were all about. They were all about broadening their appeal. They were all about internationalisation and European campaigns and growing the brand, all that and. They're the diametric opposite now. You know, they are very much doubling down on their core demographics, swimming in their own gene pool, whatever way you want to look at it. Um, very odd. Anyway, that's enough. Anyway, just to, I've just looked it up. He's, get this, this is brilliant, Rem. He's a worshipful master of the George Telford. Who's George Telford? Anybody know? No idea. No worshipful idea. master rhymes with something nearly... <laughs> It's a worship show, worshipful master of the George Telford Memorial Lodge. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, so, well, good luck the to only, him. The only good news about George Telford is he's dead. So that's something. Um, anyway, the um, uh, Harry, we trailed you yesterday as our, our special guest today. Bombshell news. Did I, did I oversell it? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I saw that and I was thinking, what's the bombshell news? I'm going to have to come up with something decent. No, well, uh, well, I, I have you heard anything? I can only tell you what. So last week, I spoke to someone. I spoke to two people who would who are better placed than you and I to know what's happening. And two people said, one of them said, Rangers are being incredibly pragmatic about the fact that Celtic are going to be handed the league. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll let you. Oh, sorry, interrupted. On you go. No, and then yesterday, somebody uh, who who's much closer to the decision making than than any of us um, about what the league will do said that it, it doesn't really matter because Celtic will be champions by Friday. This Friday. That's Friday coming. Now, obviously, these things are a subject. I'll, the caveat I would always put into these things. These things are subject to change in that Rangers were staying in the Premier League for a period of time when they went bust. The new Rangers were then was going to be staying in. Us and Aberdeen were the only two teams who were going to vote against Rangers staying in the Premier League for a period of time. So these things can change if the groundswell of club support gives their bosses a hard time. But as of last night, that's what I was told. Well, today, well, well, let's take the first point, um, Paul. Paul, I don't know what you think. Your Rangers behind behind closed doors, apparently sanguine about uh, uh, letting Celtic be named champions this week. But I mean, obviously, they've. Um, I think what's the guy? Is it Robertson there, uh, CEO? He has. Uh, there's a statement out tonight uh, saying. We want all thirty-eight games completed, etc., etc. Uh, otherwise, well, he doesn't go the whole hog and say null and void, but I'm guessing that's the implication. Uh, well, clearly, if they're saying something um, uh, behind closed doors, that they have to say the opposite in public to placate the the fan base. What do you think's going on? Any ideas? 
Well, it's quite an interesting day for for Rangers statements and and Rangers, you know, uh, utterings. If you take the the formal statement, you've got, you know, we want all thirty eight games played, which I don't think you'll find anybody in Scotland who doesn't want thirty eight games played. So you know, no shit, Sherlock. Uh, but in the same statement, uh, I understand they they also made it clear that they're 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 very much against the concept of playing behind closed doors if required, which. I think pretty much every other club that has spoken on the subject would be against, but would be pragmatic enough to to, to go along with. Uh, and at the same time, you've got the manager being quoted saying he doesn't want the season to be extended beyond the summer. Uh, so really what we're saying is we want all the games played, but we want all the games played by the end of this season as, as stood, which is going to be impossible. So in that case, we want to avoid it. Which presumably, you know, is you know, is their their end game. Uh, it's a bizarre, bizarre kind of series of, of comments. I, I understand they've got to play at their base, as we've talked about already. But you know, that's just contradictory. Everything they've they've said today has just been nonsense, as it normally is. Yeah, w- what's going on then, Harry? I, I think. Um... I think Paul's just hit the nail on the head that perhaps they're making statements uh, to play to their base. And lots of the things you said in the po- yesterday's podcast are correct about the challenges of voiding the season. So do if the season is void, would that mean Scotland's progress in the UEFA coefficients get chucked out the window? If the season is void, does that mean BT, Sky and every commercial partner asks for their money back for a non-competitive season? If they start asking their money back, that would set a precedent that would allow every supporter to ask for their money back from their clubs for a non-competitive season that they went to paid into. None of this is perfect. It's like all these. It's like all the things that everybody's having to make a decision about right now. It is about what is the best worst case scenario. And the best worst case scenario is Celtic win the league and Rangers are not happy and Hearts get relegated and Hearts are not happy. But in the middle, nobody's not that first. Whereas you void the season and you risk all your commercial partners being happy, unhappy. You risk losing all your UEFA coefficient point gains. You risk your supporter base being unhappy. It's a worst case scenario. And then, so if a club then says we are going to sue, then that would put the league decision into limbo land, which would then delay the ability of clubs to be able to pay out, or the SPFL to be able to pay out prize money to the clubs. And so clubs might go to the wall created by Hearts suing the league for being relegated. I, I, did, I did notice that uh, the Rangers... <clears throat> the CEO statement stopped short of uh, Ann Budge. Can you imagine Ann Budge, Remy? She'd probably turn up on the wrong date for the court hearing. Oh, I thought well, it was... This, this, this is a woman that forgot to order seats for a stand, <laughs> so I don't really think Andy, Andy should be worried about Supergrand. She's made a rip-roaring boss of everything she's touched, so uh, I've got to be honest, the more hearts complain, the more <laughs> I'm all for... Uh, I'm all for and, uh, Ewan Murray's crocodile tears on Twitter are hilarious. Oh, the old firm, the old firm. What he really means is hearts are going down uh, and uh, nobody really cares and everybody's laughing at them. I mean, uh, the other thing about the, the decision, and, and I think UEFA might make the decision which might suit the SPFL and, and they'll they'll make the same decision in England. And Gerard will know what to do. 
Well, because he's probably got a job lined up for next season. Oh, I no, mean, he, he wants Liverpool to win the league, doesn't he? So oh. if, if you, you know, UEFA award the EPL to Liverpool because they're going to just, it looks as if it's going to be a standard. Whoever's top of the league is winning the league. And, you know, so he, he's saying the league's got to be completed, but he'll be ecstatic about what's going on down south. Uh, I'm not sure UEFA can tell uh, domestic leagues what to do, but um, but here, what is uh, what do you well, think? Well, can they not though? Because of the, the as, as Harry mentioned, and the the the, the Champions League entrance, etc. You know, well, they've got they've got you know they've got to accept the the league nominees. Well, that, avoid this. who do you nominate? Well, there is. I, I guess the theory would be that okay, we are UEFA, and we are the team that's at the top of your league on March the sixteenth. There, we're considering them to be your champions. You can like it or lump it. Don't send us anybody else into our competitions. I guess that's how that would work. Here, Harry, what do you think's going on? Why, why would Rangers be sanguine? Any ideas? Um, I think the practicalities of the situation that we're not going to be able to get this league finished. I think, I think getting back to what UEFA, I think UEFA might just turn around and say we require confirmation of your European entrance for various competitions by X date in the preparation for being able to start the competitions by Y date because they have to plan if the plans change they, they change but they have to plan and then it's up to the they're not telling the leaks what to do but can you imagine the English Premiership not declaring Liverpool champions oh right so based on that then the domestic leagues can they and, and we've got better rules than the English Premiership have got for be, for the, the board of the league being able to say I'm sorry, we would like a 38-game league, but UEFA have required us to submit confirmation of the teams by that date. We do not have enough time to be able to play the games based on expected timetable. Therefore, we our hand is forced and we've got to do it. And Rangers might be looking at, if there is a, getting back to my point, if there is any debate about this, you stretch out the payment of prize money by the SPFL. And Barca Boy did a spreadsheet about at what point the clubs run out of cash. And he did that on Sunday night and Rangers run out of cash on next Sunday. So if Rangers are running out of cash, there is the public pronouncements to keep the fans happy, but there is a practical position of they get a million or whatever it is, whatever second, I think second place is a million and a half or something. They get a million and a half in short order, much quicker than if they start kicking up their a fuss and saying they want an analysis and a review and a discussion about where where the the positions are. The uh, I was looking at that table. Uh, it's amazing. Although our monthly expenses are are well, according to that table, I think it's based on based on last year's that's accounts. Champ- yeah, that's a Champions League season for us. So all right. So month would our monthly operating expenses be less than seven point seven million in rem? Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, still, it's uh, we can. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny because these are re- real lives, real jobs. Uh, based on this, and it's very crude. I think uh, Alan Burrows, the next uh, CEO of Celtic, uh, pointed out on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> that these numbers, whilst accurate, you know, don't account for peaks and troughs and the financial inflows and outflows of any uh, football club. But nevertheless, it paints an extremely bleak picture. Uh, it's, yeah. Well, to be fair, they've all got all these football clubs have got one big outflow coming up in the next two weeks, and that's their monthly wage bill. Uh, yeah, 
um, I, I was listening to um, I was listening to uh, Paul. I was listening to Sports Sound last night. It is amazing, you know, who they've got on. It's brutal, you know, Billy Dodds and Neil McCann and I see Ryan Stevenson. Uh, he was on like he sounded quite smart. He's actually given his wages back to Stranraer. He's probably the highest played player at the club. He said, "Ah, no, I've just given them back." Um, but you know, the level of analysis is is comical, isn't it? Yeah, it's, the, the, the level of analysis on most things is comical. We try and put financial issues in front of them, as we've evidenced for the last eight years. That's, yeah, that's true. Can't <laughs> be any good. Uh, I, I guess the other thing, just just quickly going back to the the financials. Uh, if you look at, I don't know if it's any analogy, but you look at what's happened tonight with the the backlash against the prime minister's comments around theatres and bars and restaurants closing where yeah. the government's not mandating that they close but they're advising that they close and they're advising people not to go so what in effect that does is it voids people's insurance policies because people are unable to claim for lost earnings because they'll be closing voluntarily as opposed to under government direction and, and I'm, I'm guessing and without knowing everybody's individual insurance details but we were sort of a background in financial services industry I'm guessing that there's a bit of that attached to, to the SPFL situation whereby if the league is completed in inverted commas through a decision then effectively people can start looking at their, their loss earnings but as, as Brian as, as Harry Brown <laughs> uh, rightly said earlier uh, the, the issue is uh, if you're in a, a situation where you've uh, you've got that kind of financial issue hanging over you and you're not able to to bring it to a conclusion, and it's voided, and then you you enter into contracts and season ticket refunds and uh, all that nonsense. Then it's it's not going to be a clean outcome. If you look at the the Rangers situation specifically that we were talking about a few minutes ago, uh, yep, you rally the troops, you you say the right things, you get the battle cries going, be saying that they're going to stand up to those you know terrible Celtic trying to rob the league again. But in reality, a void season probably finishes them because they'll lose access to their insurance, they'll lose access to to all the other contractual stuff that flows their way. As Harry said, the other issue there is if there is litigation from one or more clubs, that just puts everything on ice in terms of what remaining handouts there is to come from the contract. So... You know, I I don't think anybody wants that. I'm I'm not again not saying that's the reason for for the the, the title being awarded specifically to Celtic, but it's certainly rationale for the, the the season being concluded. And if that needs to be concluded within the SPFL rules, then that's how it should be. Here, Harry, see that table. Was there anything that that? Well, I tell you, from my perspective, I look, I can't believe St Johnson were so solvent. I think they are so solvent because they have so few outflows. And because um, they pay their, their wages are so low, I think that was the the simple reason that they, they were so solvent in that table. Um, I, I actually, I think Hibs as well. Were, uh, Hibs were pretty yeah. robust. I mean, just to let people know, your Hibs had well, I, I last accounting, Hibs had four four point two million cash in hand, and monthly. They just saw again then, though, aren't they? All right, yeah, but St Johnston, who've sold nobody. Apart from O'Halloran to Rangers a few years ago, two point one seven million at cash in hand, monthly outgoings of uh, four hundred twenty one thousand. They put again very crude. They last one hundred fifty six days. Hibs uh, top to table one hundred seventy three days. Bottom of the table, Rangers. 
seven days. The thing you've got to remember of Hibs, and, and again, it's probably just a, a wee bit kind of East Coast detail here, but they they did a very, very wise uh, property deal a number of years ago where they, they had a huge parcel of land surrounding Easter Road, which they'd held on to for years, and they, they basically sold that at the height of the property market and made a reasonable killing on it. So they've they've built a little insurance policy into themselves to, to the point where they're, they are, you know, still probably one of the, the, the top four, top five supported clubs in the country, but the, they're a lot closer to sustainability because of a big one-off hit, which that certainly removed a lot of the debt for the past. The um, Yeah, as I say, uh, well worth looking it up. It's kicking around. Uh, you'll find it on the interwebs. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, as I say... I, I, the, the only thing I would say about it, Lawrence, yeah. that, that although St. Johnson, for example... Uh, and the, the guys associated with finance will be, know better than me. Those St. Johnson have got 156 days. When they hit day 157, they've got no cash, and that's it. Whereas if we were to spend all our money, we are far more likely to have the bank support us because we've got sellable assets. We've got a revenue base of supporters who will renew their season books and we also have a billionaire shareholder who could put his hand in his pocket. So there is an element for the likes of St. Johnson, although they've got this runway of cash, the day it runs out, they will not get they will not get a, another day at the end of it. So even though they've got that, if this is 12 weeks, that's 12 weeks worth of cash. That's three months of cash. Um. Well, Rangers have got a mega billionaire, Dave King, waiting by the. <laughs> <laughs> he can't do any more bank transfers though, since he lost his laptop. <laughs> Here, uh, Harry, did the uh, have Rangers got a line of credit? I don't even know. Can they go to the, any bank? I can suppose they can go to the money lenders, I guess. Money lenders and ask their their major shareholders to put their hands in the pocket as they've been doing for the last three or four years. All right. Well, here a couple of more things. I, I again, this is, all seems to be like a doomsday scenario. I saw it reported earlier that uh, there was a meeting of Serie A clubs today in Italy. Uh, obviously, not a meeting. There'll be some sort of virtual meeting, but they they have a as you said earlier, Harry. All plans are 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 movable right now, but they have a plan to restart the football on May the 9th and th- that the league would be completed by July the 31st. That would obviously require um, uh, cooperation from, from UEFA. If there wasn't, if it became to, uh, came to a fight, then God knows what would happen. Uh, so that sounds eminently sick. We talked about this yesterday, Harry, but that does... I mean, if that's... Assuming that Italy is a couple of weeks ahead of us, worst-case scenario... We can start the league first of June, something like that. Finish it very, very easily without Euros by the end of June. I, that, that sounds that sounds reasonable, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I'm. I've got a plan to find a crock of gold at the end of the oh. rainbow as well. <laughs> well, you don't. What, what what height are you, Harry? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't know. Obviously, the the the, the Serie A clubs are uh, are watching different news programs, and I'm watching. If they think this is all going to be over in in May, um, I can't see a country that's in lockdown 
Are they planning to play the games behind closed doors? Is that their proposal? I think so, yeah. But yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it's possible. I mean, the challenge for, for, for us, if that was the sort of timetable that they are working on, uh, we'd be playing our season at the same time as we'd be playing next season's Champions League qualifiers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, none of us are experts here. Um, again, I, I just put that out there. Any thoughts on that, Paul? I think we talked about this. Uh, we actually talked about it on the podcast before the the world turned turned really bad uh, last, which was only last Thursday. Uh, but the concept of a deferred season you know, ticks a lot of boxes, and you know, let's be honest, we, we'd all prefer to see games played. Uh, I guess the other thing with the Italian v UK experience is the Italians are probably three four weeks ahead of. Maybe, maybe even you know less than that ahead of uh, the UK in terms of the the actual peak of the the impact of this coronavirus. So that timescale might not be realistic for uh, for for Scotland or or for England because I think there's certainly you know we're, what I've been reading we're still talking about some kind of peak of infection in May and June, which doesn't really sound like. You know there'd be a position to play games in in this country at that point. Uh, in terms of the extended season and Champions League qualifiers, etc., I guess the assumption that we would have to make this if Syria get their way that it's going to be a revised program for next season because there's there's no way you could be having Syria finishing at the end of July and you know expectation that there'd be games two three weeks later in in Europe. It's more than likely that you'd be looking at a uh, a later start of the European season, if that was the case. Um, I did. I did see also this discussion of a mini tournament to complete this season's Europa League and Champions League to take place in the summer. That would be uh, oh, again. Like all the teams would go to Istanbul and Gdansk and play games. Was one of the proposals. They all go there. All the teams that are left in the tournament and just play uh, games to one-off games against each other to get there to get the. How tournament. does that work? How does that work for the Europa League? I know. Some <laughs> of them have played one leg and, and and one team in Glasgow memorably get thrashed. So how how do they get to go to that or or would they? I have no idea. I'm just saying that was one of the proposals. I don't. No, but I, I think somebody's just the floated League, it. The, champ, the Champions League. Everybody's that you know. Nearly all the games are complete. I get that, but not not the Europa League. Um, maybe the Rangers could go as a kind of practice team for everybody else to get warmed up to play proper games. Well, well, not the, accepting their elimination from the Europa League for the tournament's finished. They, they, listen, they, they they couldn't possibly accept that anyway because you know sporting integrity would dictate that they would need to play both legs. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the uh, here there was one other thing. I, 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 uh, it came up yesterday. It was a boy had put it out on Twitter. I think he had a certain amount of credibility. He's a TV news weatherman or something, but he also works at Kilmarnock apparently. And he put out two tweets. His name's Gavin Wallace. Gavin underscore Wallace one. If you want to go and find it, sources tell me that Scottish football will stop until September. League standings will be final. There will be no closed door games due to insurance. Not covering the risk of catching the virus on playing. The League Cup will not run next season. The Scottish Cup will run from September. And there is apparently one club in the Premiership that does not hold the insurance to pay out over the current situation. I've been told to expect this announcement on Monday, i.e. today, so it didn't happen. Uh, 
well, I mean, it sounds very plausible, Scottish Cup. Uh, you could run the semi-finals, whatever, uh, at the start of next season. It wouldn't be an issue. Just get rid of the, the League Cup. Anyway, the long and the short of it, Harry, is we don't really have a clue what's going on. So, uh, I, I don't know. Have you spoken to anybody today at Celtic? Anybody? Peter been on the phone? I've- Lunch? <laughs> oh, the, oh, your weekly lunches will be cancelled, won't they? <laughs> As I've said before, there are two people on this podcast who have been in the boardroom far more often than I have ever been. Um, yeah, but we've I... not been munching Peter's pie with you. <laughs> excuse, excuse me? <laughs> Here, uh, I... go, on, go on, Harry. I, I've not spoken to anybody at Celtic... Um, about it and but my understanding is there's an SPFL meeting today and the exact quote I got was there is zero chance of the season being void zero yeah that seems to be I saw Stephen McGowan I had a piece on the back page of the mail I know he's a big Rangers fan but um, (laughs) (laughs) but he was saying he was saying uh, that zero chance. He, I think that yeah. So he'd obviously been speaking to the same Peter as you had, uh, Harry. <laughs> Here, well, I, I, I am quite sure his source is not. In fact, I'm certain his source will not be Peter. Uh, no, I, I know that. Yeah. Uh, here, um, I think uh, players are back to training tomorrow. I notice a few teams are uh, training uh, starting tomorrow. Uh, football news, Harry. We talked about it yesterday. Christopher Ayer, again. His agent's clearly very busy. The story today that he's been targeted by Milan. I don't know which Milan, if it's Inter, AC or Dynamo Milan from the third division. Uh, no, uh, Christopher Iyer, what do you think, Har? Go on. I, I, I fully expect him to go this summer. And you know, if we go and spend... You know, I had a conversation with people after the Livingston game where St Anthony was wanting Celtic to sign Lyndon Dykes because we have so much difficulty playing against London Dykes and because the Huns are supposed to be interested in London Dykes. And and my response was, rather than sign a shite centre-forward because we can't cope with them, I'd rather sign better centre-halves who Who can can. cope with a shite centre-forward. And, well, if we get 12, 15 million quid for Christopher Ayer and go out and buy two, two... established centre-halves or one established centre-half for seven, eight million quid and for me it's better value for money Oh aye um, It was AC Milan and it was in Tuto Sport I'm guessing it's come from his agent uh, So uh, sorry AC Milan sorry there's no way that he'd cope with uh, he'd cope I don't think uh, Serie A right now I don't think he's good enough um, but there's clearly a, a concerted campaign uh, to move him on I'm get, what, what do you think the club's reaction would be? Would we, I mean, I guess it's just be uh, be money, uh, depend on the money, I guess. Although, I mean, I think Stuart Armstrong was agitating for for his move, and they they kind of gave into that. I guess the, the, in this kind of situation, the clubs have to give in. I think it will depend on the money. I think it could depend on how long this shutdown goes and how much cash we burn through. I know our plan prior to all this crap was to spend as much money as we could keep in the existing squad together and offering a deal for Eddie to stay for a, a, another season to get through to the 10. Well, what, what was that deal again? I mean, I saw it was kind of vaguely reported the press, but I think you knew a bit more detail about it, didn't you? Well, three different people told me roughly the same thing, which is um, 
it was along the lines of it was a it was a percentage of his subsequent sell-on fee we would pay him, um, and then somebody else said a million uh, five million quid, which if you consider that he's maybe on twenty grand at the moment, and if he went somewhere else he might get a hundred and twenty grand, so the extra hundred grand would be a five million pound one-off payment, so it stacks up. What did we uh, what were we paying Brendan Rogers? He uh, was it one point eight million quid, I think. Oh, was it? All oh, right. So Eddie's on a lot did more. He than that. Three, did he not get a lot more though because of all his bonuses? Oh, all his bonuses, he ended up getting four million quid in his last season, I think. Um, then we, and Paul, I, don't think, I don't think Neil Lennon's on four million quid. I'm sure he's, but he's not. The um, did anybody see any other football news? I mean, I just had a quick look. I only saw just that, that, that stuff on Ayer. The only other news I've got is that uh, that Scott Brown played golf today with Stevie Gallagher at Archerfield. Fascinating. <laughs> have, you, have you got your, uh, have you crossed your streams in your podcast here? Uh, I don't know. Well, anyway, so they, apparently Scott Brown's quite a good golfer. I know Stevie Gallagher's well, a good golfer. Here's a question of Scott Brown's playing golf with Stevie Gallagher, right? I was at work today. I I was stuck in 30 minutes of going nowhere, rush hour traffic this morning. Why were our games not behind closed doors at the weekend? <clears throat> ah, well, that's a yeah, really... The PFA didn't want them. Well, that's right. Boo-hoo. They, they didn't want them for... Uh, Fraser Wishart said it was, to, you know, to do with transferring the virus or whatever. But I wonder... If clubs don't want that either, certainly clubs that need the income from from match day. I mean, I know there's a lot of it season season ticket based, but there is still some money to be made on match day. And I wonder if I mean that's a worst case scenario for a lot of these clubs in Scotland that you don't want games behind closed doors. What do you think, Paul? Does that make sense? It does. I it, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, you know, you, you you lose the ticket money. You've also got a liability, I guess, as we've talked about around the season tickets that you've maybe already sold for the game. But that match the income thing, whether it's hospitality, whether it's pies and programs and car parking fees, whatever, uh, that's a fair hit. Uh, so you, you could you could see why why clubs would rather sit back and gamble and getting the insurance for the lost earnings as opposed to actually going through with games that they can't claim for. Well, sorry, very quickly. One of the things that Barca boys seven days left of Rangers money will not have taken into consideration. They will have lost a six-figure sum because of the late call-off of the game on Sunday because they'll have already bought in the pies and all that stuff. Yeah. They'll be sending a big freezer somewhere. <laughs> In fact, I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if the freezer's not switched on. <laughs> Here, okay, right. We promised 30 minutes. I, Harry, thanks for that Quote, bombshell news. <laughs> <laughs> well, but no bombshell news is we'll be champions by Friday. You think we'll be champions by Friday? I'm just, so I was told. I, I'm just reading through here. I, the Daily Record have got this. Uh, the, the Celtic nine in a row debate ramped up as our writers deliver their verdict. So they go through all the writers, okay, and they all give for you what should happen. Right, right, Rem, Gary Ralston. What do you think he said? <laughs> <laughs> void, void, all void. Ah, uh, fantastic! I mean, it's just—I mean, why? Am I, am I right? Uh, am I right? Well, to uh, yeah, in, in a very long-winded way. Gordon Parks, what do you think he said? 
I, I don't actually, I don't know. I, I'm not even going to read it. Um, anyway, here, Harry, we've got a much better guest on tomorrow. Stuart Braithwaite's coming on. So we, <laughs> we'll have all sorts of rock and roll tales tomorrow. <laughs> Good to talk to you, pal. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. You guys. Take care, care everybody. Right, take care, everybody. No, seriously, everybody. Uh, I, I see. I, what are you doing, Rem? Are you going out at all? Are you out for a walk today? No, I am. Uh, well, I, I think they call it uh, social distancing or uh, self isolation. I think it really means I've got no pals, so I'm staying in. <laughs> Paul, what are you up to? Uh, well, I work from home generally, anyway, so uh, it's it's working from home, but with with added kids, which is. Uh, <laughs> Not not proven to be much fun at the moment. Uh, Harry, are, are the kids uh, at home? Not uh, not kids, but in general, I don't know. Is your is your lad at home, Harry? Well, he was at home because uh, he was he had a terrible birthday and he was thrown up, un- unrelated to the virus. Right. His birth. I I got an insight as to what it's going to be with lockdown. I was pulling my hair out after forty eight hours of having to be in the house and do nothing. We've redone our dining room <laughs> in that time, so. Yeah, it's not going to be fun. Uh, no, the wee man got up. I tell you what, it says a lot about American high schools. He was up, he'd done all his day's work by 9.30. Started at 8 o'clock, done in an hour and a half. So, and the rest of the day spent watching Trevor Noah videos, I think, on YouTube. Anyway, uh, good to talk to you all. We'll uh, reconvene tomorrow. Hopefully there'll be something to talk about. Harry, we'll probably have you on later in the week. Good man, all the Cheers. best. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. Hello, guys.